Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everything between. Uh, you're listening to 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair, with your host Sam. And Midge. And you're listening to Fandom Fair. And Fandom, if you're not listening. Yeah. yeah, if you're not listening to. Um, Us it live. Live. Yeah. Live in quotation marks. <laughs> You're listening to us on Spotify, Google Play, or SoundCloud. SoundCloud, that's an old thing. I, yeah, still I still using that because it's free. Free, and we're broke. Um, but we're doing a much-anticipated... For us, for us. For us. Much-anticipated episode to talk about, because we were waiting for con... For, to do this at a con, We were, we, or, we, 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 like put in an application to do a panel and then he, that con got canceled <laughs> and then we put an application on another panel and that con got canceled we love this for us <laughs> a lot of cons getting canceled due to a backstreet boys reunion tour <sighs> backstreet boys reunion but, tour <laughs> but ooh, i'm so excited for this episode we're doing because we kept talking about this in previous episodes like yes. oh we would start to talk about it. i'm like no we have to save this for a whole episode we, we have to we have to save this so we're doing, we're comparing hero societies. Uh, what hero societies, you may be asking, dear listeners. Um, anime. <laughs> uh, well, uh, up to interpretation, if Ruby is, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's anime inspired, but you would say it's a cartoon over here in the West. But my hero's yeah, an so anime, so. My hero academia is an anime, and that's what we're covering today. Yes. Um... And I thought this was going to be much more of a debate, but Vigilantes kind of spilt some tea. Yeah, so um, if you haven't read My Hero Academia's Vigilantes, and I guess there should also be manga spoilers. So if you haven't watched past season four, uh, d- don't. And if you don't know anything about Todoroki's whole situation, well, like, why are you here? <laughs> what? Like, if I mean, this is very much the nerd uh, show, you know. So why are yeah, you why are you um, listening to us if you don't know what's up? But we're not going really into Ruby spoilers. No, There's a little bit, yeah. but not really Ruby spoilers. We're just going to be talking about the general overview of the show. Yeah, but I just want to make sure, like, with my hero, since the manga is yeah, my hero, my hero, we're going to be spoiling. Wow, my water bottle crinkled really loudly. It really did. I didn't mean for it to crinkle that loud. So loud, um, Sam. But anyways, we're just gonna hop right into it because I want to talk about this so badly. Oh, just just r- rip it, gripping and ripping, huh? <sighs> ready. I've been ready to do this for like over a year. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Ruby first because my hero has. A, <laughs> I believe you wrote like three pages on I my did, hero because I'm very passionate about my hero academia. Right, so passionate. we're gonna we're gonna talk about Ruby because Ruby has a lot less to talk about it because. Does. And also, it's uh, I mean. This is mostly through our lack of information about Ruby's world in general. It's wor- it's uh, it's better. <laughs> yeah, like there's not a whole lot of world building uh, when Ruby. it comes to just the kingdoms. Yeah. Well, and we didn't know much about the Hero Society and my hero, but um, Vigilantes was like, oop, here's a few chapters. <laughs> here's some tea. So we're gonna go right into Ruby. So like in my hero. With the um, to my heroes heroes we have Ruby's huntsmen and huntresses. So huntsmen like 
the heroes of my hero rank higher than the police and military, the, which he said is kind of weird. And I also didn't know that for Ruby. I knew that for I knew that for uh, the heroes in my hero, but I didn't know about that, that about that in Ruby. Yeah, they rank higher than the police and military. Weird. How does Atlas um, work? <laughs> well, we're gonna get into Atlas in a second because yeah. that's like my one complaint with freaking, you know how freak, they run things. Freaking Atlas. Um, but unlike my hero. They don't have agencies. They're pretty much freelancers, and they get their jobs from mission boards. Yeah. Or if kingdoms or villages need help, they go. Um, so main Huntsman's Academies that we do see in Ruby are like colleges, but you have to go through extensive exams. To pa- you have to pass extensive exams to go into those universities or those academies, I should say. Unless you're Ruby, then you just get in because you're a prodigy. <laughs> you get in because you're a prodigy child. Um but they're also, people can go into primary huntsman academies, but it's not required. Yeah. And so in those set academies, people are grouped into teams of four, which I want to, like, stress this, mo- this stress this so much that World of Remnant, which is the world building show, explicitly, like, yeah. s- explicitly said that they learn not only important battle skills, such as uh, communication and teamwork, but empathy. They learn how to empathize with the people that they are helping. Good. Excellent. This is what we need in these sort of societies where you're putting these people up there to protect everyone else. They need to be empathetic. Yeah, they need to know, like, how, like, who they're dealing with and how they're dealing with them. Especially because, you know, there are, like, I guess you would say there are cases where, you know, people go missing. Or, like, with the faunus. Or with the whole faunus situation where there's blatant... Um, don't want to say racism or, like, speciesism. Faunicism. Faunicism. I don't know. There's no um, term for in the show. But, so most kingdoms allow their huntsmen alumni to separate their identity from their kingdom and be truly freelancers. So they travel all over the world and go where work is. Though Atlas, which they, which uh, World of Remnant specifically says that they indoctrinate them into joining the Atlesian military. Wait, like, that's what it said? Well, they, I think they use the word indoctrinate, but, like, they basically kind of force the people who go to Atlas Huntsman Academy to join the Atlesian military. Oh, and I said Atlas and the Hero Public Safety Commission shake hands. Yeah, like, At- well, we know from the show that Atlas is kind of like a militaristic state. As we can tell by Ironwood's whole situation. But... You know, we have Winter, who is a huntress. Yeah. And we have um, the uh, the Aesops. And Penny. And Penny, who are all graduates yeah. from the, huntress, the Huntsman Academy, but they go directly into the military. Like, it's a direct pipeline for Atlas. Yeah. Though there are, there are some people who have the option to not go into these in military. Or they just decide to no- say no, like Robin. <laughs> like Robin. Like, you know, you can, but... It's kind of forced, yeah. but you don't have to. There's an emphasis on it. It's like, join the military. Yeah, they, they want you to join the military, even though... Because, like I said before, huntsmen rank higher than the military, so if you're in the military, you're not ranking above them. Yeah. I guess you would just be a higher rank than someone who didn't go through huntsman training. I'd say so. That sounds... Like, yeah, you'd be like... Hot, like... like the Aesops. Yeah. They're their, they're their own team. They went to At- the Atlas Academy. You know what's interesting? And, 
like about Aesop's? Why are there five of them and not four? Well, there's hmm. a thing. There's a th- you know, season volume seven's ending, but still, why would there be five of them when the traditional team setup is four? Um, I think they're all different ages too, unless Clover is older. I think the the. The, the fondest boy, the puppy boy, is definitely younger, the youngest. Yeah. Which is very cute. Yes, yes. I don't remember his name and I feel bad, but I, I liked him a lot. Yeah, I, I remember his uh, his sentence was fetch. Yes! Or that's was all it, I, that's... Or was it like he could stop people? Was that it? He could, he could slow, like, one person at a time. I remember it was this whole thing, but I'm not going to go and get yeah, into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, But the one thing I really want to focus on, which I think is a really big distinction between my hair and Ruby, is age. Because like I said before, Huntsman Academies are like college. You have, you have basically preliminary high schools that are like, that will train you to get into those academies. I feel like that's kind of like prep school. Yeah. Well, uh, because like you, where Ruby went... Wh- where yeah, like, we, we we have Jean and, um... Pira... No, P- I think Pira went to... Oh, right, she went to, uh, the, the... Are we literally about to go... Th- oh, no, we've been to where she's gone, right? She she went to some... Yeah, she went to, like, some Atlesian school. No, not Atlas. It was not... the city where... Yeah, I know what, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. Big, she had a statue there. Yeah, but, you know, she went to a preliminary school, but, like, people like Jean and people like Blake didn't go to preliminary schools. Yeah. They they just managed to pass the exams. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna go into my little psych thing for a second. Uh, psych time. So, from verywellfamily.com, it says, By the age of 18, teens exhibit a lot of adult-like thinking, even though their brains are not yet done finished developing. They could think abstractly and are often future-oriented. They're able to understand, plan, and pursue long-range goals. They often show a lot of concern for the future. So in a nutshell, kids starting as, like, professional huntsman academies, which will they will be facing violence and life-threatening scenarios on a day-to-day basis, you know, this is a good age for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, ideally, they could have been a little bit older. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, 20? <laughs> like, 20. Yeah, but, yeah, like Yang, who Yang, Blake, and Weiss are like seventeen at the beginning of Ruby, and Ruby's fifteen. She's a baby. So, like, out of all of them, she she probably has the most trauma. But we talked about that, and no. I believe it, our chosen one, or two one episode. episodes ago, our chosen one episode, which you can our find one, on our on our you know our streaming Spotify. stuff. Yeah, our yeah, and stuff. If you would like to listen to that one, but you know. It's not an ideal age, but it's better than them being, like, high school age. Being what Ruby's age is, literally, if you look at My Hero Academia, they start when they're, like, 15. 14. Yeah. Like, 14, 15, but we're going to get into that in a second. Um, But, you know, being able to make these long-term goals and plans and having ideas. So, this is an important strategy plan. You're literally sending... Like, you know, they'll graduate in four years, so they'll be 22, 23. Yeah, about. So, them being able to think about that is just going to severely impact their education and being a huntsman. 
and I said this was also important as a huntsman's duty is to keep the peace. That's what they've said. Uh. They're not like they're to fight wars. They're there as peacekeepers. So being able to think of plans that will not only protect themselves and their teammates and possible civilians, depending on the scenario that they're going into, like being able to strategize and think ahead instead of impulsively like younger kids do, you know, early, early to mid teens, being a, like a late teen going into your 20s, you know, being able to think long term of what's going to happen is important as a peacekeeper. So a couple of the front, like the frontal lobe to have more abstract adult thinking, Huntsman Academies are structured around how, like learning how to work and communicate with each other and not just battle tactics. Like we, I said before with, um, with the teammates. Yeah, yeah. We, we see in seasons one through three on how just our main team, Ruby, focuses on battle tactics. They have the whole cool name thing. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I what I literally kind of rewatched that scene like a couple weeks ago when I watched H Bomber guy's whole thing on Ruby, which was very interesting. And I know you don't want to watch it, but if you're you are interested in Ruby, then I would watch it. It covers like volumes one through three and like sort of what it's done, what like where its potential could have been. But I mean, Ruby is a good show. It's just it could be better. No show is perfect. It, it could have been better. Yeah, but it, um, it, like, he he talks about those for a minute. And how those became, like, the shipping names. Yeah, they they had used the shipping names, which is a funny thing. But we see, like, constant, like, throwbacks to them. Which is, it's like, oh, haha, they use the, the thing. But, it, you know, on a psychological point and just a training point, they use these things over and over again because they've built up that, you know, rapport with their team. Yeah. They're able to read their movements and go into each other in fighting and they re- they rely on others which i'm gonna get to when we talk about my heroes that that's not something that they really do and i um i want to go back to atlas for a second and seeing like most huntsman schools teach their students not only to be able to rely on others to make choices because we see in volume two when team rubies with ublek when they're trying to stop the train well before they even stop in the train when they're oh, in that yeah, um yeah I forgot what the city's... Uh, Mountain Glen. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Ublak doesn't do a lot. You know, he doesn't tell them how to fight. He doesn't make battle tactics. He's like, go fight. And they, they do. do. And, no, they do it completely on their... Almost completely on their own. Because once they leave school, you know, they graduate, they either have the option to stay with their team or to, to split up. They're not going to have... An elder huntsman telling telling them what to do. So starting from like almost like the near beginning is gonna teach them and solidify how to do that in the future. Oh yeah, but sadly we don't get to really see that since Crow joins up with uh, Team Junior, getting a volume four, and like he stayed with yeah. them throughout. So we don't really get to see the kid. I mean, we do get to see the teams form their own strategies, but like there's still. I- Crow's there. Crow's there. They do have that support because they're still students. Yeah. To an extent. None of them have graduated. Well, now. Now they have. Oh, yeah. Right, right. They they did get their official licenses from Atlas. Oh. Yeah. Um, Atlas. Atlas. But 
Crow doesn't teach them. Crow had a whole breakdown, and who, who took over? Ruby. Ruby. The youngest one besides Oscar. And Oscar didn't go to school. Oscar is a farm boy. Oscar was tilling... Oscar had to be taught soil. how to fight. Yeah. But he also has, like, a god in his body, but whatever. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if I'd call Austin a god. Some weird immortal man Some in this little boy's body. weird immortal wizard man. But yeah, it just overall, Ruby, like, the way Ruby's schools are set up focuses yeah. on teamwork and learning how to do things by yourself, but also not, like, having no shame and relying on others. Mm-hmm. And just teaching you how to make long like long-term goals so now i i i mean i'll i'll interject with some my hero but this is this is all you baby oh my hero academia uh, oh i made a loud noise <laughs> so let's start off you did with, let's start off with the hero public safety commission which is what it's called in japan at least i don't think we know what it's called anywhere else in the world but we will mention another location in the world Eventually. So, according to the My Hero Academia wiki, it is a, quote, law enforcement agency responsible for managing the interactions between heroes and society as a whole and for investigating the most dangerous cases of criminality. Uh, just from this definition, definition, it seems all fine and dandy, yeah? It's really not. So, um, the wiki page is for the HBC. It's very bare bones. It's currently un- under construction, but that's because... From my knowledge of the manga, we can, uh, t- we, can we know a bunch. Such as the fact uh, that the HPSC uh, knew about Endeavor's whole uh, situ- situation with uh, quirk His, breeding. With... Breeder. <laughs> he, quite like how he forced his wife to give, to give him children four times. And they knew about it. That he was breeding the next number one hero, and they didn't and they do anything didn't... about it. They let him go, and then such as the fact is that they pretty much bought Hawks from his parents and made him into their soldier. That's a whole can of worms that we don't even get into. We will get into Hawks eventually, in another episode. But Hawks is too much for this. Uh, also, they're understaffed. Um, that only one person was proctoring the provisional hero license exam. You know the uh, you know the uh, exam that pretty much gives um, students their hero licenses. That should have more people proctoring it, not just this one poor man who is so tired. Oh, and the fact that they're using Hawks as a double agent against the league, and not a single person knows about it besides Hawks and the highest of the higher ups of the HPSC. Well, no, no, no. Uh, currently in the manga, uh, some of the villains know about it. They know Hawks is a traitor to them. But let's look at how Heroic Society exactly came to be. And this is where we get into another country. So, quote from the My Hero Academia wiki, but specifically this is from a chapter of Vigilantes, the spin-off manga, which I highly recommend, even though I haven't exactly finished it myself. Quote, the pro-hero system was first put into place in Rhode Island, USA, under the, um, this is another little quote. It's the Rhode Island New State Statute. 189 vigilantes were affected by the statute, with only seven being accepted as official heroes, end quote. Um, so yeah, of course it was America who started this. Of course it was. 
Why was it in Rhode Island? I don't know. Rhode Island. Who cares? When when has Rhode Island made any big rules? (laughs) This is my exact. Because, like, when you think about it, you would think this would happen and be like New York. DC. DC, New York, California, literally anywhere else but Rhode Island. I don't know what's going on in Rhode Island. No offense to Rhode Island, but I don't know what's happening up there. Y'all good? Nothing important. must be something important in Rhode Island. But anyway, so uh, yeah, of course it was America who started this, uh, but I can only compare this to the regulations that started Civil War in the Marvel comics, not the MCU, because those are, uh, but, and they're also not really affecting the world all that much in the MCU, but the Marvel comics, like, affected for a while the world. Um, but that's for another day, maybe, who knows. Uh, so pretty much the law chooses which heroes they want to be out there, saving people. This severely diminishes the amount of good that can be done. Only seven, seven vigilantes out of 190, 189, I'm sorry. Uh, that's far too much pressure for only seven people at the time. Oh, speaking of pressure, by the way, All Might, are you good? Is All Might good? Because this man went years, maybe decades. I don't think we know how long he has been number one here. He's been in the number one spot, being the number one hero, the bastion of peace and safety. When people saw All Might smile, they knew they were safe. But what about All Might himself? We can definitely make the assumption that he had an enormous amount of pressure placed on him as the number one hero, as Endeavor currently does have that enormous amount of pressure placed on him. As we saw literally in season four, he talked to All Might about being the number one hero. I mean, this, um, I mean, this man, Fern All Might, saved people over and over again, sometimes without break. Literally, during the USJ arc, one of the first arc, like, the last arc of season one, we find out that All Might used up all of his power by saving people for work. He can't not save people. That's not good for him, his safety, his health, as we literally see. He literally, after his intense injury from fighting, all for one, thank God I got it right. Um, <laughs> I always mess it up. Um, that, like, he... Yeah, I still have to think about it. I'm like, uh... <laughs> yeah, I still have to think about it. It's, it's the... Because it's pretty much... It's almost the exact same phrase, but just switching the words. But anyway... Yeah. Like, um, he literally exhausts himself by continuing to save people. That was all... Like, Night, like, Night Eye literally looked into the future and thought that All Might was going to die because of this. And All Might still might die, but we don't know. Um, it's something, but, okay, All Might definitely has some sort of savior complex. Uh, this is a quote from psychologytoday.com. A a savior complex is, quote, a psychological construct which makes a person feel the need to save other people. This person has, uh, has a strong tendency to seek people who desperately need help and to assist them, often sacrificing their own needs for these people. End quote. Now, doesn't that sound familiar? All Might, despite being in- oh, yes, I literally talked about this, but I'll say it again. All Might, despite being injured in his fight against AFO, continued to be a hero. He should have retired, but he thought that Japan still needed him. And in a way, it did. Japan was so reliant on All Might that criminals became more emboldened after his retirement, as we can see as currently in the manga, the, um, Paranormal Liberation Front, that whole mess. Without the hero of peace- symbol of peace, things fell apart a little bit. Yeah, like, I, I think, like, Japan had, like, one of the lowest criminal rates in the world. And then it just, but, like, All Might. That was so, that was solely because of All Might. And now All Might's gone. 
Yeah. So, and, like, everything in the manga is happening right now. It's insane. But now, on to the main focus of the series as of, as of My Hero Academia. UA! Um, so, oh, UA. The school's why horrible. You, why are you like this? First off, let's go into how absolutely terrible their entrance exams are. Sure, anyone could do well on that written test if they study hard enough. But the physical... And they know how... And they know... Well, also, it also takes into account that they have the morals to be a hero, which is important. Which it makes me confused. So how did Bakugo get in? <laughs> like, I'm just how saying. How did he get in? How did Bakugo get in? How did Mineta get in? He is a coward. As we see at the end of season one, he's a coward. He's gotten better. He's gotten better. He's, he even asked, like, a literal moral question, like, during the last chapter, during chapter 283. He's like, are, are the, is what the hero's doing right? And it, like, showed Hawks. Uh, and just the movie, like, he's not useless. Yeah, And impressive. shows some sort of hero thing. It's, but it's also because he wants the harem. Also, yeah. Also, um, it's because Horikoshi wasn't the one writing the movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. But what I was saying was, with the exam, anyone could do well in every exam if they study and they have the morals of a hero. But the physical exam is such a big obstacle. Kids with quirks not suited for fighting have less of a chance to make it through. I mean, Midoriya barely did. If he hadn't destroyed that big zero pointer, then he wouldn't have. He would have been in Gen Ed for sure. Like, uh, it's like when we think about characters such as um, uh, Toru, Hagakure, Invisible Girl, Mineta. Mineta, I guess so you could see that he gunked up the robots. Um, uh, uh, Koda, uh, and uh, who can speak to animals. Um, Tailboy, I keep forgetting his name. Ojiro, uh, Tailman. <laughs> yeah, Ojiro. Someone like um, Shoji, who, whose um, main power is that he can create other like limbs on his limbs. limbs. I, I guess he's very strong, but still. But like these kids don't really have quirks to do for fighting, but they still made Toru it. Toru, especially. She's literally invisible. She eventually discovers a way to use her quirk to fight the light bending thing we see in season four, but like she didn't know how to do that at the beginning, so or we never saw her do it. But anyway, uh, it's essentially discriminatory in that it doesn't allow everyone to have the same chance. Someone with Shinso's brainwashing quirk has less of a chance than someone with Bakugo's explosion quirk. Bakugo literally scored the highest on the exam. Somehow he scored the highest on the written, or that was. Because Momo wasn't involved, she would have beaten him for sure. <laughs> um, and sure, they're letting quirkless kids in now, but have we met a single quirkless student? No, we have not. We can't count Mirio as he was he was forced to be quirkless by the bullets created by the Shihasakai. Oh, and uh, Mirio has literally stepped out of the hero course because of his new quirkless nature. So that pretty much is saying, oh, someone who's quirkless can't be a hero, which is so dumb. I hate it. I have, uh, a, I have an affection well, for powerless people in a powered society because I love like the contrast in kind that. Of, would have been kind of cool if Midoriya didn't get the quirk. That was the original was. plot. The original plot was that Midoriya was Horikoshi. Horikoshi, what did you do? You could have had a better story. It was it like Yami Kuno was is such is so interesting. Like he would have had like tools and stuff. Hatsume would have had such a bigger like effect on the story. It's fair. Yes. Yeah. So now, 
does UA properly prepare their students for the fu for their futures of being heroes? That's a question. Uh, from what we see of UA courses, and we haven't seen them lately in the manga, the closest thing I've seen to a public relations course is Midnight and Mount Lady teaching the kids how to talk to reporters. And really, we didn't, we don't see much of that. We see them performing mock interviews with 1A, but we don't really see them correcting the students on this behavior. And in fact, Bakugo, after uh, Bakugo fails this mock interview, spectacular, uh, this is a quote from the wiki, uh, from that chapter's page. Midnight and Shoda, referring to Aizawa, uh, uh, agree that Katsuki is better off following his path instead of interacting with the media. Unquote. Uh, sure, we see an underground hero like Aizawa who doesn't like the media and prefers to not interact with him. But that makes sense for Aizawa. He's an underground hero. He's not in the spotlight. But someone like Bakugo, who wants to be the number one hero, there's going to be no way he can avoid the media when he's that high on the heroics charts. Especially, um, what's like the, when all the pros get together? Oh, was it the, uh, are we talking about the billboard? Yeah, the Billboard Awards. Yeah, like, he can't avoid that. Like, that was, that was, um, usually they don't all get together, apparently. That was specifically because of All Might's retirement. They decided to get everyone together to give out the awards. I think usually Because like, we, we see how, what we see how wonderfully Endeavor <laughs> performed. And Hawks just... Hawks. <laughs> Hawks is Hawks. Hawks is doing his Hawks things. But, okay, going back on Bakugo, because he, I... Bakugo is a character, and I absolutely despise his early character. I despise it. There's also a lack of real discipline with Bakugo's early behavior in both UA and his schooling prior. No one stops Bakugo from bullying Midoriya, someone who is pretty much a minority in the universe. He's a minority. Being quirkless is a rare thing. In fact, people only praise Bakugo, which fuels his explosive behavior. Like, no one... Uh, like, his teachers only praise him, as we see when he, like, shows off his quirk for the first time, and we're like, oh, what a cool quirk. He's four. Yeah, we had talked about this in our first My Hero episode. Yes, that's, that, that was a while ago. That was literally, that like, was, a year ago? Uh, yeah, over a year ago. Yeah. We had talked about that. It's, so if you want to hear about that, go back and listen to that. It's, like, the like first episode, it's the first episode I'm ever in. Yeah, it's the first episode you're you're ever in. Uh, of course before you're my a, co-host. Of course, it was a My Hero Academia episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so let's uh, focus on the sports festival because I have a problem with how they treated Bakugo. So let's. Uh, he goes a bit. Let us say Feral at the end of the sports festival. They essentially put him in a situation where you think he was a patient in an old-timey mental ho mental hospital and not the winner of uh, the entire first year sports festival. They, don't they like they put him like in a straight jacket. They put him on one of those. You, have you seen, uh, like, Joker in the Arkham games? I think it was in Asylum, and he's like, in, he's like on like, uh, what are those called? It's like a wheelie thingy. He's like tied yeah, no, to it. Yeah, know what you're him, talking about. They put him in one of those. <laughs> they put him on one of those. They like gagged him. They like muzzled him. He's a child, a human child with feelings and thoughts. I don't, I did not like Bakugo at the time, but you should never treat a human person like that. No, it's a funny joke. It's not a funny joke. It's a funny joke, get it? Because he's a feral boy, so uh, this, we have to treat him like an animal. This this might be my Western thoughts going off, but I, I assume this is also very weird in Japan. 
<laughs> like, okay, so they don't try to correct Bakugo's behavior. But, okay, they try to, but it fails absolutely miserably. Because why would you partner him with the person he apparently hates the most during their final exams? Why would you yeah, do not? It was so dumb. It was so dumb. It was, like, he, they, pair, they paired him with Midoriya, of all people. I get it's sort of them trying to get over their All Might hero worship. Yeah. But still, it didn't work at all. Like, they only argued. Bakugo literally wanted to go off by himself. It's like, what Bakugo does is he wants to do everything by himself. Like, even in season four, we still see him wanting to go off by himself. When they do the provisional license exams, he tries to go off by himself. But uh, but Kaminari and Kirishima go after him. And then, yeah. I mean, we can't excuse only... We can only uh, criticize Baku for that, because Todoroki does the same thing. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so, uh, there's... I guess I think I'll talk about the, what, I want, what, what I wrote next. But I think we should continue with UA. And the fact that there's no real counseling for them... Yeah. Um, so young teens, this is what you wrote down. Uh, quote, exposure to violence can harm a children, a child's mental, psychological, and even physical development. Children exposed to violence are more likely to have difficulty in school, abuse, drugs, or alcohol. Act, aggr- act aggressively, Bakugo, suffer from depression or other mental health problems. End quote. And you're not going to give these kids a mandatory therapy session? There is a counselor in UA... And it's um, Hound Dog. And I think he's like their career counselor and not like an actual counselor. But we haven't seen him do any counseling for these kids at all. Like, he gave a speech like, at the, the coming back from the uh, summer. Whatever. Yeah, go ahead. I, I just want to talk. You're not going to give these kids. Okay. Yeah, you're exposing them to violence on a day to day basis. They should already have some sort of um, counseling. But especially after the summer camp. Oh, after the summer camp. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You gave these kids dorm rooms, but you're not going to give them man, like mandatory therapy. Like where one of their classmates got kidnapped by villains. You're not going to give Bakugo mandatory therapy after he got kidnapped. Literally, he got like he he broke down after that, and then they and then they suspended him because he fought Midoriya. Yeah. Oh, what a great way to try to help this kid. Let's let's suspend him from the one thing that's kind of keeping him somewhat sane. Very well done, UA. We love this for them. (laughs) So, these kids experience near-death scenarios and extreme violence. Then you're going to shove them in the public eye of celebrities. Oh, gonna absolutely bode well for their mental health. Not gonna... Okay, and not to mention that they're kind of in competition, like, with each other all the time, Bakugo. Um, unlike Ruby, they're not taught cooperation and teamwork. Well, okay, in fact, it's quite the opposite. They're perpetuating unhealthy competition between the students. Plainly seen in the sports festival, when people have trouble picking teams and there's discourse between teams. In the normal curriculum, there's little to no team-building exercise. And I realized, like, oh, um, there's, like, one. Because I want to talk about the sports festival, like, yeah. how no one wanted to be with Midoriya. Because he had be- the most points. Like, yeah, let, let's, let, let's, it's, it's purposely isolating students. Yeah. Like, okay, I get it. You have to keep them on their toes. They're also 15. They're also, uh, 15? 
like, especially at that age where you, listen, they're not, like, eight where you have to teach social skills, but, like, building teamwork is kind of important at this age. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, like, you need to teach them independence, but you also need to teach them teamwork. You gotta teach these kids how to, you know, be not mean to each other. Because this isn't healthy competition. In any way, shape, or form, this is not healthy competition. This is perpetuating violence against children. Literally pitting them against each other in the final rounds. Yeah. For your entertainment. Yeah. Uh, Did I mention... Oh, I did not mention... You know what um, upsets me about the sports festival? Is that they are pretty much putting out what these kids' quirks are immediately. And, that mm-hmm. there, and thus there is no element of surprise when they go become heroes. You know. Oh, and you know, there's something else. Um, with uh, the previously mentioned mock uh, interviews, Mount Lady was like, oh yeah, you should yell out your um, moves because it strikes fear in people. But also you're like, you're like uh, telegraphing what you're about to do. Yeah. Like that's not good strategy. I know it's a shonen, but guys. <laughs> I know it's a shonen. And that this is the whole thing, like, like especially with um, All Might, like, the whole using the United States as um, names for his attacks. Really, he just punches people hard. But th- this is the point of our show, is to break down s- especially shonen tropes into, like, how unhealthy they are. Yeah. I know anime is fun, and I, 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 I... Anime is fun and all, but sometimes you just gotta be like... Anime is bad. <laughs> but sometimes it's fun to break down these horrible tropes and to, like, treat these characters as if they were real people. Yeah! And, like, if this was a real society on how this would just be so bad. Yeah. So, anyway, back to, um, back to the team building exercise. There's, like, one exercise. We, we There's two exercise we, exercises we know of. And one we haven't even seen yet in the anime. But I'll, it, I'll just talk about that shortly. Um, but the one that we have seen is in season one. The training exercise where they're on different teams of two, and there was like the rocket bomb thing, where it was like yeah. there was the villains and the heroes. First off, they are uh, putting uh, he- people who are going to grow up to be heroes in villain shoes. I guess that is a good idea, so you get a general idea of how a villain is supposed to think. But what if one of them likes it? <laughs> <laughs> like what? If, like, like like listen. Ida, like, went so into being a villain, but that boy is so heroic that he would have never done it. What if Bakugo actually put an effort to being a villain and not effort into just going to beat up Midoriya? What if he liked it? No. (laughs) That's so bad, because it's, like, a real... (laughs) But anyway, so it's a two-man team, and let's say, like, with... For an example, Todoroki and Shoji, who's, like, the arm guy who can make other limbs out of his arms. Uh, Todoroki carried that team. He just asked his Shoji back to be, hurt. like... Yeah. He asked Shoji where they were, and then Todoroki froze the entire building. And, like, oh, I pretty, I'm pretty sure that, um, first off, Ojiro doesn't wear shoes with his hero costume. And Todoroki might have been, yeah, that like, was... fully, fully, like, no gloves, her boots were off. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, teach restraint. <laughs> teach restraint well, to this well, boy. I, well, well, I'm sorry. We're forgetting that, especially with males who do develop, s- like, socially and 
emotionally slower than females. Yes. You're gonna put 15-year-old boys and perpetuate violence. Oh, the testosterone. You're, I'm sorry, you're gonna teach boys who are going through puberty to punch each other. That's that- not gonna do anything to their mental health or their exactly. social development. Okay, and then, like, okay, like, I mentioned Bakugo and Ida before. But Bakugo and Ida, Bakugo went off on his own. Just didn't even ignore Ida trying to come up with a plan. While Ida was the MVP by pretending to be a villain. He did so good, but I'm... He was in character. He was he's, so in character. We love he's that He's a method him. actor. He is! If Ida wasn't a hero, he could be an actor. Good for him. He's got he somewhere to fall he's, back to. He, he, he's, he's feeding into this evil system. <laughs> okay, so, and then there's the coming up joint training exercise next season, which should be our next arc after we finish up everything with high end. There's more of that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, the next arc should be the joint training exercise arc, which will, so pretty much then, like, the kids are, I think, are in teams of five. Generally, the general amount is teams of five because one person joins two and then they add a person to i think it's the first team of 1a and then the last team of 1b or it's the other way around i don't remember but i won't tell you who that is because i was so excited when i read it (laughs) (laughs) um but even then we only see these kids work together in that first first exercise with the rocket bomb and in stressful situations such as the forest attack at the summer camp the stain arc where i will mention the stain arc in a minute because i realized something while i was writing all of this the hideout raid it's not... I'm sure they teach something along the lines of working together, but we've never really seen it. And that's a problem. It, it, I feel like it's so... F- like, Yue's teaching is so focused on individualism and to be... The number one? Yeah, like... They're, they're, they're basically teaching you how to be a celebrity. Yeah. Like, because that's what heroes is. He- heroes are celebrities. Well, I said before in Ruby, Ruby's job is to be a peacekeeper. There's no... I mean, I guess there's some sort of celebrity aspect to it, because Ruby does ask Galinda for her autograph, but she doesn't know oh, no. who Galinda is. Oh, uh, Pira, too. Yeah, Pira's, like, a a semi... Like, she's got a cereal. She's she's on a cereal box. But I feel like huntsmen aren't as, you know, celebritized as heroes are. I think there are action figures. Of Ruby's, or of, a. Uh, Huntsman oh, movies. or Huntsman, I think so. I think they've mentioned it. Maybe. That's kind of cool. I don't know. But still, like you know, that isn't the focus of their teachings. Yeah. The focus isn't, you know, to be the best huntsman. It's to save people. It, That's it, not it, what. It, it, it's a. It's a. A, a sim- Not a symptom. It, it just happens by accident. They're, they're teaching you how to be a, a public servant. Yeah. And then, but you get paid for it. Yeah. So, uh, to be, like, okay, I talked, uh, like, I was like, the hideout radar. Not the hideout, sorry, the stain arc. I realized something while I was, uh, looking through, I think, specifically the vigilantes, is that, um, so, on, say on the vigilantes page, as in the page that describes the type of person of vigilante, not the, um, manga, on the Mayor Academia wiki, it's, uh, said that Ida, Todoroki, and Midoriya acted as vigilantes when they fought stain. But, on the quirk page of, my, of the My Hero Academia wiki, this may just be, like, some sort of miscommunication, or, but, like, the wiki is fairly good. Like, it says, and I quote, 
Public display of quirks is against the law, except in cases of self-defense, such as when one is under attack or preventing someone else from being attacked. End quote. Ida was, te- was technically acting in self-defense in defending Nada from Stain when he went to go fight Stain. Sure, in, sure, originally, he went to go fight Stain just to fight Stain to get revenge for his brother, but in fighting Stain, he was defending Native. Then Midori and Todoroki were defending Native and Ida. They weren't acting as vigilantes. The Hero Public Safety Commission just didn't want people to know that three kids and not a hero like Endeavor took down the man who has been killing so many heroes. Because it's for publicity. Because it's for publicity. They didn't want people to know that these three students who don't even have their hero licenses yet defeated a scourge to society. (laughs) Yeah. Ah. (sighs) So. That was my last point. That was was your last point? Yeah. Um. We have time still. We do have a little time. Yeah. How much time do we? Okay. I guess we, we could talk a little about the League of Villains. On how they're right? On how, I guess, on how they're right. We believe that the, we believe that the League of Villains are right, but inherently they are the villains of the manga, so keep I that don't in care. They're right. <laughs> this is just they're, our opinion. They're right. Shigaraki says in the, the first, in season one's fight. Yeah. Something I don't remember the exact lines because I remember yeah. I saw it on TikTok and it's like it's yo he's br- it's been years <laughs> he's he's bringing up some points where yeah. he's like why is it when someone perpetuates or causes violence it's seen as villainy but when a hero does it it's seen as a heroic act yeah that whole sitch he he says that to All Might in the at the at the USJ uh, we love calling out All Might in this house don't we. <laughs> <laughs> like, but he got a point. Like, we... He got a point. Um, with, with the vigilantes, you know, those, like, you know, those, like, 180s, like, at those 180 people who didn't get chosen, yeah. they were immediately labeled as villains. Yeah, they were immediately labeled as villains instead of how they should have been, which are... Vigilantes are villains in the universe, though. In reality, they are doing good things. I mean, there's like a char- there's a character pops up who is really not much of a vigilante. She's more of an idol, and I think eventually she does just go to idol work rather than vigilante work. Oh, but pops like up? pops up, yeah, she's an idol. She's like a street idol, and then someone like uh, um, uh, Koichi. I believe his name is Koichi. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yes. Uh, who is the crawler? Um, is that the proper name? Because I know there's a whole thing where people, like, uh, mess up his hero, his vigilante name. <laughs> I only no. read the first volume, so... That might they be the right name. Him, they were calling him the... I read the first volume. They were calling him the crawler in the first volume. I don't think that's the name he wants to be called, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, with Koichi, he wants to be, like, All Might. I think that's literally why he uh, puts on the hoodie that looks like All Might, and he goes and helps people. Yeah. And then there's Knuckle Duster, who is quirkless, but is... No, actually, that's a spoiler, so I'm not going to mention it. But I know that something about his whole situation there. He is quirkless as of the Vigilantes manga. And so there's a quirkless character, but he's doing it, I believe, to... Yeah, he's very much a Batman, like a dark Batman type. Um, he, I guess more Red Hood would be accurate, where he's a, he's more of an anti-hero than a hero, but he still, you know, fights villains. But he just has a very uh, violent way of going about it. 
but they've like really made like they've kind of redlined what a hero is yeah which is you have to go through you literally have to go through a school if you don't get into school you're not being a hero yeah, you have to go through school, you have to get your provisional license, and then you have to continue going. Normally, you get your provisional license in your second year, but 1A and 1B were just special. But, like, I, I, like with Ruby, like I said, to get into a Huntsman Academy, which is an older age group, you yeah. didn't have to be in high school. No. But th- these kids, they're going right out of high school, right into hero work. Yeah, that's not great. At the age of they didn't the average... Go to, they didn't even go to high school. They went from middle school. This is their high school. Yeah, like... They're, they're So, at the average age of 18 to 19... Sorry, sorry. Between 17 and 19, you're immediately going to put them in a public eye. Quote-unquote, saving people for publicity. It's not great. And even and if they uh, make their debut early, like... Um, I mean, really, when, once you get your provisional license, you're in the public eye. You're a second year is about sixteen. This is a uh, ish um, So, like, even earlier than that. And then, if you're one of the first years that we currently have in the mo- uh, currently have in the in the series, if you're from one A or one B that we currently have, you're in the public eye even earlier than that. You're fifteen. You're in the public eye. Literally, in part in uh, season four, Kirishima makes his like heroic her- hero debut. And there's, like, articles about him. <laughs> but, like, my hero is so not focused on doing hero work. Hero work is a, is basically a side job. It's a celebrity job. Like, Hawks is a model. I think Maruko adver- advertises something to do with carrots. There is a uh, character in Vigilantes named Captain Celebrity, who's from America, by the way. And he's got a whole thing. He's a jerk. Um... Like, All Might's got, like, branding and toys and probably lunchboxes and whole, like, onesies and clothing. Like, All Might's, I, less, All Might's less of a person and more of, a, like, a brand. Like, hold on. I'm going to try to find this this TikTok. Because anytime I see anything, like, like, yo, heroes aren't good. I'm like, I've been saying this. I've been saying they ain't is it, good. Is it the one that you sent me? Because I, I, uh, I, I saved. I didn't save it. No, I it wasn't it. that. It was another one. Aww. That like, I was gonna ascend you. Darn. I said ascend. It's going ascend. to send you. I just gotta. You gotta. You gotta like make it float. You know how and like a lot of people who are heroes are in it for the money. Uh, case in point, Uraraka. She's literally in it to get money to help her father keep their construction business. Well, that was her original motive, but now she's more focusing on being a hero. But still, originally she wanted to become a hero to make money. Yeah. Not to save people. Yeah. It's like, that. that's a side... It's it's like oh it's a perk yeah I get to say, like Midori is the only one who really kind of wants to save people but even then it's not completely an altruistic job. Todoroki wanted to prove his father wrong. Ida wanted to continue the family legacy. Bakugo wants to be the number one, and we don't know any other. And uh, I'm pretty sure what was it Chiro? I don't think we exactly know what her motivation is, but it was either music for, or being a hero for her. I don't think they exactly. Uh, specified her motivation. I might be wrong. It's been a bit since I watched season four or read those chapters. 
Um, but I guess I think it's that she wants to make people happy because like that's what music does, and that's what I think that might be it. And she does do that with the with the uh, culture festival and the performance. She makes people happy. But like, and they, like someone like Mirio, whose motivation that he wants to save a million people. There's the there's but like Mirio, what about after that, buddy? You gonna keep saving people? You gonna just stop? And then he doesn't get to anymore. He's only saved one person. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he saved people beforehand. He's he's a third year, so it's not that he's only saved Ari. He's probably saved more people in his most likely two years of being an intern for Night Eye. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think Night Eye really does. Night Eye is more uh, investigation stuff. So, who knows how long they've been working the Chisaki case? So, okay, like I can't find exactly. But do you remember what? A- what what it's about? It, it was basically about how say, saying Stain's ideals were right. Yeah, yeah. And like, what the heroes aren't doing is not for altruism; it's for themselves. I hate that Stain's right because I think he's stinky. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's. I don't like him. He's my probably my least favorite villain. I don't like him. No, muscular's mine. <laughs> oh, muscular! You're so right. Muscular Stain. And then somehow mustard is above stain. <laughs> mustard, this middle school kid with a with with a with a gun. But like somehow he's above stain. <laughs> all these, the League of Villains is right, man. Like none none of these heroes are doing it to be a good person. It's just for fame and money and status. Yeah, like literally, um, what uh, Shigaraki said, not. The last chapter we had, 283, but in 282, he was like, heroes hurt their families, which he's referring mainly to Na- to uh, his grandmother, Nana Shimura, but Endeavor was in, like, the panel right next to that. And we know what's up with Endeavor. We know what's up. Because... Cough, cough, Dobby, cough, cough. Cough, cough, Toya, cough, cough, everything with to- Shoto, his own, his own wife, his kids were neglected, three of his kids were neglected... Not good, Endeavor. Not good. It's, like, really annoying me. I can't find this, but, um... Darn. Not... Hero Society is just bad. It's not... It's not great. They don't teach you how to be a good person. They don't teach you how to be a hero. They teach you how to be a celebrity. They even have the whole, like, you know, section, like you brought up before, of talking to the public. Yeah, uh, I Husband and Huntresses like, don't have to do that. No. They're taught how to fight, and they're taught how to cooperate, and they're taught history. They're taught histories of battles and biology of Grimm and what they, the little they know about it. That's what it's supposed to be if well, you're going to yeah, be a like, public servant. Um, like, UA teaches, like, high school courses. And I think they teach really- high school courses because they're, they're in high school. Oddly, one of the courses I think what Midnight teaches is, like, hero art. Like, literally, art of heroes, which is weird. That's kind of cool. I would take yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, like, we don't get... I think the, what we know of is that we got their heroics classes and their general high school classes. And the heroics okay, classes, but... I'm sure they're being ta- Like, All Might's their teacher, but All Might is also, you know, deflated right now. But, like, I think if they were going to do... Okay, keep... Hero society as it is, but you know, take some of the segregation away. Yep. Let's not perpetuate violence against growing teens. 
Let's not shove them in the public eye. They what Ruby they could have done what Ruby did and have it be like a preliminary thing. Yeah. Not be it so you know, so drastic. And then have it be of a college age. Oh yeah, like none of these kids are gonna go to college. I just realized that. Yeah. None of them are gonna go to college. They're gonna just gonna go straight to being heroes. That's not good. <sighs> exactly. I mean wait, all and my like, kinda went to college. But like you're intertwining your your hero like, you know, your hero work and your academic work, you know how much that's gonna suffer, especially with the stress that we were talking about before? Uh. I mean, it was, it's hard enough for, it was, uh, like, stressful enough for us as normal teenagers to do schoolwork, and us right now as normal college-age kids to do schoolwork, but when you're also learning how to be a hero? Sorry, be a celebrity? A celebrity, pretty much be a celebrity. It's a lot. It's too much. But yeah. Hero yeah. society sucks. It's not good. Ruby's, Ruby's isn't great but it's a lot better but it's from what we know it's a lot better so yeah that's a good place to stop off for this week yeah so thank you for joining us here on fandom fair at 90.3 wmsc upper montclair with your host sam and midge so if you guys want to listen to some of the other episodes we mentioned in this episode or if you want to listen to future episodes because you miss them, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, because Google changed it, and <laughs> um, SoundCloud, but we only upload the most recent episodes on, the four most recent episodes on SoundCloud. Because we got a limited amount of space up there. And I'm not paying. <laughs> yeah, uh, we broke. And if you want to listen to us live again, we're Saturdays, 5 to 6 p.m., same place, same time, on either the radio or iHeartRadio, which is pretty cool, I think. And our social on our socials. Uh, yes. So uh, Instagram is fandom underscore fair. If I'm not incorrect, I'm not incorrect. I believe so. So it's fandom f a n d o m underscore f a r e fandom fair. But with Twitter, you just take out the underscore, and that's our Twitter. So thank you for joining us. We hope yep. you enjoyed our ruining of your favorite shonen sorry about that uh we like to do this we like to do this yeah we like to do this on the show is uh ruin shonen by making it real and then realize making you realize how horrible it is (laughs) but um brush your teeth uh uh, clean your sheets take a shower uh get a drink of water hydrate uh eat some food because when you're hearing this if you're hearing this live it's dinner time baby So, practice self-care. We love you, and thank you for joining us. Yep. Bye-bye.